I grew up just with the classic batter American style waffles. Or even when they call it a Belgian waffle, it's still a battered kind of light waffle. And I like those waffles, but this waffle was just a new, completely different experience. And I thought this is something that's unique. And if I can make it love at first bite, we can make a go of it. Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Adam, the owner of Waffle Love, a gourmet waffle truck that specializes in Belgian waffles. Adam, welcome. Thank you for having me. So Adam, we heard that you grew up in a family with 14 kids. Is that possible? (laughs) I mean, even for Utah, that's a lot of kids. That was a lot of fun. My dad had his own business and he's uh, entrepreneur minded and he kind of built us into like our own little tribe. So all of us were real close. It was a real adventure. Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know how unique it was until I learned about other people's like stories and how they grow up and how they don't like being around their family and stuff. (laughs) Now I realized, wow, I actually have a pretty unique situation. Well, that's great. So your dad was an entrepreneur. Did you see yourself becoming an entrepreneur as you grew up? Was that kind of the path that was laid for you? Or was that like... Ben, that's definitely where I got it from. My dad just talked about how much freedom he was able to to enjoy because he owned his own business. That definitely was like, you know, I want to own my own business one day for sure. Whatever kind it is. Just turned out to be something in food, which is crazy space to be. But, you know... Right. That's very cool. So your dad isn't in the food industry, I guess. No, he is not. He's a cement contractor. He owns his own concrete business. Basically, they pour you know driveways and stuff. You pour waffles, he pours cement. <laughs> That's great. Trying to find some similarities. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam, what led you to launch Waffle Love? How did that come about? Waffle Love started because it was like the coalescence of strong, strong like desire, and then also circumstance. I'd always wanted to do something in food growing up. I became very passionate about food. And my wife, you know, she's my rock right now. But at the time, she did not want to do anything in food. And she wanted me to go the safe route. And that's what I was doing. I was working for the bank. I graduated during that great recession, as they call it. I ended up after working there for a year, getting switched to a new location and I got fired like a couple weeks later and we were just about to buy a home and that rug pull feeling pushed me to eventually be like there's no safety in the safe world yeah <laughs> let's go create our own business and be our own boss oh that's uh, incredible so did you just decide at that point I'm going to follow the passion of food and start out or were you job shopping or what led you to actually getting to the waffle love? Yeah, no, I job shopped. I applied for anything I could get my hands on. And it was through that process that my wife was just like, you already lost your job, so you really don't have much else to lose. So if you want to go for it, go for it. That was like six months later after I lost my job. And I I did. I went for it, man. I, I went and bought a $1,300 step van in Salt Lake. 
and I had a basketball smashed through the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> it was that thing was rough, but I turned it into our first food truck, and uh, we started selling waffles that summer. After I spent all the time in the R and D and developing the waffle and got it going, and we we did it for our first event ever was actually a wedding. I still remember the people's names. I remember, you know, <laughs> always loved those guys. <laughs> the first people that took a chance on me. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to ask you about that R&D. You know, we're, we're local. We're fortunate enough to have tasted your waffles, and they are amazing. It's a waffle love waffle. There's nothing like it, I would say, at least. Although there's probably competitors and, I don't know, copycats coming up, but I haven't seen anything to this point. So how did you come up with that recipe and that concept? Well, I tried this waffle, and I just felt like it could be so good. It just had so much potential. It was a waffle that was different than any waffle that I grew up with. I grew up just with the classic batter, American-style waffles. Or even when they call it a Belgian waffle, it's still a battered, kind of light waffle. And I like those waffles, but this waffle was just a new, completely different experience. And I thought, this is something that's unique. And if I can make it love at first bite, we can make a go of it. Our waffle... It took a lot of tries, man. It was like 17, I think 17 iterations before I got it right. Those 14 family members you were talking about, they were trying waffles like all the time. It <laughs> <laughs> was good. You had a good, a large good sample size. A large there. sample size, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I chose the name Waffle Love and my wife, she's our co-founder. She drew up the branding, all the design on the side of the truck and we went to run for it. Cool. So you hit that sweet spot with the waffle and knew that that was your flagship product. You were going to build this whole business around this one dish. That's pretty brave. I just felt like it had that punch and that ability to be able to be easily like everyone could know it's the waffle truck, you know, it's waffle love and it all syncs up when you bite the waffle and it's amazing and you go to the truck and it's waffle love. It just, it all works and it sticks in your mind was my hope. And we were super fortunate early on, too. I remember the first day with my food truck, we parked on Provo Center Street. And it was a Tuesday. And Tuesdays, like, for restaurants, are always the slowest day anyways, right? But we parked there, and I remember we had a local musician here, Mindy Gledhill, who has a lot of followers on Instagram. And I didn't even know what Instagram was at the time. Instagram had just barely started. She took a picture of it and shared it. and. She was like, you guys should get on Instagram. And I was like, what's Instagram, man? (laughs) We were able to jump on that little initial Instagram boost that helped us really spread the word about who we are and where to find us. We used that as our initial like wave for people to find our food truck early on. And it was uh, very effective. We were very fortunate. So Adam, you also went a little bit of a different route than a lot of food service providers. You just went straight to the food truck, not to a brick and mortar restaurant. What was your thought on that? Well, the thought on that was I didn't have any money and I thought it was cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) Thought it was cheaper, you know, that's the quotes, you know. I was looking at how much a sign cost and that was actually one of the things that pushed me to a truck because we could paint our own sign on the side of our truck, but signs, you know, cost a, a chunk of change these days. So I went to a food truck and it turned out to be a really good decision because we were able to get 
sort of known in the broader base of Utah and not just be stuck into one locale. We were able to just go all around Utah and share the waffle love, as it were, right? <laughs> yes. And that actually worked out to our advantage. It's a good thing I didn't do a store in the beginning. We did eventually do that and have done that. And that's where our focus is now. Okay. Very cool. So were there any challenges as you started your business, as you were getting things up and going? Has it been smooth sailing the whole way? <laughs> no, no, man, it's not. And there's so many disasters that happened in those early <laughs> days. But I remember we would go to these farmer's markets with the food truck, right? In Utah, there wasn't a lot of food trucks at the time when I started. I was one of the very first. So there wasn't anything really set up for food trucks. Like legally, they didn't have a law saying you couldn't park somewhere, but they didn't have a law saying you could either. It was just like a gray area. And so we would go to these farmer's markets as like, well, we can just be a portable vendor. We can just pop in and and sell there. So I went to this Park City farmer's market, I remember. And on the way up there, the fridge fell over. (laughs) And all the cream that was inside it for like the whipped cream that we have on our waffles exploded all over the floor. And it was like just the biggest nightmare disaster that you can imagine (laughs) of a mess in a food truck. It's like so big. Stuff like that happens all the time. I remember one time that truck, there was an employee back there and that fridge almost fell over on him once too. It was crazy. (laughs) Kyle Whittingham from the Utah football team, they heard about us and they had us come to cater their tailgate up at U of U. And I'm like, dude, I'm totally doing this. This is going to be awesome. And as I'm driving it up, like I have to stop and pour oil into the engine like (laughs) three or four times on the way up, like gallons, we're talking about gallons. It's just like leaking it from wherever, but it is about to explode. And I have to literally stop four or five times on the way up just to make it there. Then I did the event. It was cool. And then I had to get the truck towed back and (laughs) I didn't make any money. I didn't make any money that, you know, I didn't make any money that day or the next day or the day after that. That truck still to this day, we replaced that engine. We ended up replacing that engine, I think, three or four times oh, wow. in that original truck. Yeah. But we bootstrapped it into a business, and that's kind of what matters. I think it's that mentality of just being willing to do whatever it takes. It's very valuable as an entrepreneur. You have to be willing to put yourself through some things that people just aren't willing to. I remember... When you're little like that, when you're small, like you, you'll go do an event. Like we did Freedom Festival in Provo once. We did that event and I just sort of like risked it because it was an expensive fee to be a part of that Freedom Festival. It wasn't just like a percentage of your sales. You had to pay a big chunk up front and to be there. And I thought this could be like a great opportunity. And it just absolutely flopped. It was a failure. And cash flow is so critical. And you don't have money to pay your employees and do that kind of thing, you know, it can just kill you right then and there, you know. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we were able to just make it through. I mean, I was working at every single shift all the time, right, for nothing, right? And I would literally make the product, load it on the truck, go do events, and whatever we sold, I would use whatever is left over from buying new buying the ingredients for the new uh, event that we were going to do. That's what I would use just to live off of, just to buy groceries for my kids. We were a family of five in a uh, one-bedroom 
apartment in Provo down there. We were anxious to go do something, to get something done. And we were just eking by during those days. And things are much better now, but even now you got to keep going, man. Yes. There's, there's different challenges. There's different cash flow things. There's different financing challenges. Sometimes you feel like you're drowning, but you got to give yourself a little bit of time and space and get a new perspective on it. Wake up the next day with a new start on it, and then you can push through. Yeah, I suppose it's those same principles that kept you going back in the early days that'll keep you going now, right? It sounds like you just didn't give up. You just didn't quit, you know, and sometimes that's the only difference between succeeding and failing. That's a good point. Yeah. That's how you get to the top 1% is you just keep showing up, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hopefully that works. <laughs> so you eventually uh, got to participate in the food truck race, right? That reality show on Discovery Channel. What was that like? That was a blast. That was a total blast. A lot of hard work. We literally actually drove that food truck from Santa Monica, California, all the way up Route 66. We always wondered, like, could we just go to some random town in a just completely random state? And could we sell waffles there? You know, would, would that work? You know, would it work outside of Utah? Would it work somewhere else? That was really gratifying to watch that unfold and realize that we can hang with anybody. Not only can we hang, but we can dominate in many cases. Yeah. Like we were either first or second every single week in sales right up until the end, you know? It was first, second, first, second, first, second. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way of saying that we lost, but yeah. You, know. so you guys ended up taking second then? Yeah. So that's really impressive yeah. though still. Yeah, we did. You're supposed to come back with a lot of confidence from a show like that and being able to do that well and see your product be accepted in a wider audience, right? Yeah, it felt great to see people in Santa Fe, New Mexico and Amarillo, Texas, and just random places just line up and buy waffles, you know. One thing that we always had on those shows is that our product actually is good enough that those people that they see a random food truck in town and they try it and we're that good, they will go get their friends and family and bring them back. And so we had like return customers on a tight time frame, like a weekend like that. And that's one thing that helped push us forward. Very cool. That is really cool. Tragic defeat, tragic defeat. You know, <laughs> I mean, I have a habit of glazing over all that, but there's a lot of tears and there's a lot of heartbreak along the way and a lot of drama that way. And I'm an emotional person. I definitely was crying like a big baby when I lost, <laughs> but you want to win so bad. And if you lose, it's just, like, wait, I'm just going to win. You convinced yourself you're going to win. You know. Yeah. I love hearing your story and what you're doing and how you've navigated life through this business. But what would you say has been your favorite part of running your own business? And what advice would you give to other people who are looking to be small business owners? Well, there's a lot of things that I uh, am realizing now that would have been super useful earlier on. So one of the challenges I'm dealing with right now is I'm, I'm in the middle of a lawsuit with one of my former partners, right? That really makes it hard to grow when you're in the middle of a yeah, lawsuit. Absolutely. And so if you're starting out, I would make sure that you paper everything like very carefully. And if you don't have to give ownership away for something, then just don't. 
or if you're starting it out together, I brought this guy after I started it, after I'd gone through all the risks to start the business, I brought this guy on. And now it's just a big mess getting him out. Part of it is because things weren't papered properly, you know, the exit clauses and stuff like that. So just practical advice is to follow the advice of your business law class in college and <laughs> get that thing papered, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, not a big deal when you're just barely starting and it's worth nothing, but down the road, yeah. that becomes pretty important, doesn't it? There is a lot of actual funding available and financing available for the right concepts. If you know how to get it and acquire it and jump through the right hoops, and I wasn't really in a place where I could do that when I first started. And so we just built it off of the cash flow that the business produced, which is stressful and that's hard, but that's what we did. And we didn't have a lot of debt. And if you're willing to go through some of the work of just writing out like a strong business plan combined with like projections, the SBA will loan on a lot of things. And then for, uh, you know, what's my favorite thing about owning my own business? It is still that freedom. Although when you sign a 10-year lease, sometimes you start to feel a little <laughs> bit less free. <laughs> so so those desires evolve, you know, and what freedom means to you evolves. But that's what I cherish, that freedom. And I've got five kids and I can just peel off and go to a birthday party if I want to. Sometimes I can't because even if I want to, I have to go do something else. But I'm in a place where I have more freedom than I ever had before. So. Really happy about that. That's great. Adam, this has been awesome. I'm a little bit of a fan, I guess, because I've seen your brand. I've seen your truck. I've eaten there. It's really good. I'm thinking I'm going to have to go get one today just to pay (laughs) tribute to you. (laughs) And so to get to like talk to you about this has been really cool. So thank you very much for being on with us. We'd like to end by asking you our last question. And that is, what is it that keeps you going? I love that question. Like I said, I love your podcast because honestly, like right now, I'm in the midst of a, of a lot of things and, and the stress level can feel like way overwhelming, you know, but it's that satisfaction of accomplishing and cresting that mountain that that's what gets me is having the vision and seeing where you're going to be able to go. And if you can see your way out and see where you're going then you're willing to walk through some stuff that maybe you wouldn't be otherwise. You just have to keep going. You do. You just have to keep going and keep your eye on where you're going. Keep a literal unwavering focus on what your goal is, regardless of what things are in front of you on a day-to-day basis. Wonderful. That's great. Yes. Well, thanks again, Adam. We really appreciate your time and we wish you all the best. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Greg. Great to meet you guys. You too. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. Mm-hmm.